Welcome to the Fight Hard, Love Much podcast. I'm your host, Pam Sharp, and again, I'm so excited to be here this week. I hope you all had a wonderful Easter weekend and was able to enjoy family and friends and um, just the overall spirit that comes with the Easter weekend. I had planned to get this podcast out this weekend to go along with the Easter feeling, but instead I chose to spend it with my brothers and sisters who were all in town to celebrate my dad's 80th birthday, and we had lots of family parties going on and um, just spending time with family. It was just a great weekend to remember the Savior and the things that He did for us and His love and the good things in the world today. But since Sunday, I seem to have had a hard time getting this put together. I had wanted to do an episode on hope, how having hope for the future, for the good things to come, can help bless our lives. So I don't know if it was a little bit of a post-holiday letdown and just kind of not in a very excited, hopeful mood, but I seem to have a difficult time getting this put together. Hope. We hear about it all the time. We know how important it is to have hope, how having hope can bring light into our lives and to help us get out of the darkness. But sometimes it is so difficult to see that hope, hope in the future, hope for things to change, hope to feel better, hope to be able to have the darkness taken away. I know that that is one thing that Sam lost. He lost hope. It didn't seem like it was ever going to end, that he would ever be able to feel better, to be able to not have that pain, that physical pain that he was experiencing. I know I have felt hopeless many, many times since um, Sam's been gone, wondering if the grief will ever get better, wondering if I will ever not think about him every minute of the day, wondering if Spencer will be able to overcome his trauma, wondering if our family can ever heal that hope, sometimes things just seem hopeless. So the day Sam passed away was a Friday. It was up in the mountains in March, and so the weather is pretty unpredictable. And a big storm was rolling in that that day. The clouds were dark, and it began to get really cold. After we realized that Sam was no longer with us, and we had the, the authorities there to do their little investigations and the things that they needed to do. We had to spend the day pretty much outside and in our cars. And as the day went on, the clouds in the sky just got darker and darker. It got colder and colder. It was just, it was miserable. It looked miserable. It felt miserable. The sky, I think, had been the darkest I had ever seen the sky during a storm. And I just remember thinking, the weather is exactly how I feel. That it was cold and miserable and horrible and dark. It was such a hopeless feeling that there was nothing I could do. There was nothing I could change about it. That this was now going to be my life. And so after a long sleepless night um, at the cabin knowing my Sam was gone, We woke up the next morning and walked outside. 
and the sky was blue. It was the most beautiful blue I've ever seen. Um, the clouds were gone. The sun was out. There was beautiful snow on the ground. And I just remember thinking, okay, there's hope. My Sam is still gone, but there's hope. And it was kind of this uplifting moment. I remember just standing on our porch looking out and and with this huge heartache and this knowledge that my life is never going to be the same. And looking at the blue sky, remembering, okay, Christ is still with me. I can have his arms around me. There's hope. Um, and I, I can never forget that feeling of the two different darkness and the hope that I felt that Saturday morning. Now, life has never been easy, and the grief is still enormous. But I do look for that hope, and those, and I hold on to Christ holding me and to Christ understanding my pain and my sorrow along with my family. I often think back to that day and that experience to help me get through other difficult times when things seem hopeless. In the months following Sam's passing, and COVID was in full force, and Spencer was struggling because he missed his brother. The twins were struggling because they missed their brother. Everybody was struggling at that time. And I would wake up in the morning, and the first thing I would think is, when can I go back to bed? And then at night, I would lay in bed and think, I don't want to go to sleep because I don't want to have to wake up. And that was the pattern for most that summer of just not feeling any hope. Um, There was one point when I had a bladder infection, and I just let it go because at least then I could feel some pain. And I didn't have, that I knew I still had feeling in my body. I told our counselor once that I just feel hollow inside, that I don't feel anything. And so that summer was just so hopeless. It just, I could not see anything positive coming from anything. I know that there are many out there who have felt this same way, or maybe you're Son or daughter has felt this this way. It's a dark feeling. A feeling of, will this ever end? Will I ever get better? Will I ever feel happiness again? I know Sam sure felt that. He couldn't see the future. He couldn't see the good that could come. He couldn't see the, the blessings in store for him because he was in, stuck in that hopeless state. Uh, My daughter had a post on her Instagram just a week and a half ago. She's had her first baby almost five months ago. She's married to a wonderful guy. She's living her life. But she wrote about how she is just in love with her baby and how he brings her so much joy and happiness. And then she has a thought of Sam and how she... At the moment, she's like, oh, I can't be this happy because I'm supposed to be sad that I miss Sam. 
And then she realized, nope, it is okay to be happy that she could still miss Sam and still be so happy and completely in love with her life now that there is hope. I'm sorry for all the emotions today. Maybe this is why I had a harder time sitting down and actually doing this podcast this week, because I'm so grateful for the hope that Christ has given me and the hope for the future and the hope for the happiness for my family and the knowledge of healing, the knowledge of his love and his comfort, that he's taking care of Sam, that he knows my Sam, that his scars are healed through our Christ. I'm so thankful for all that knowledge. It helps me feel comfort every day. So I've thought a lot, trying to figure out what to say today, how to help those who feel hopeless. What what can you even say to help them find hope? Because I don't know for sure what I would have said to Sam. I don't know the right words to help him have realized Sam, you are going to be an uncle, and you're going to be the funnest uncle out there. And Sam, you have a wonderful life ahead of you, if we can get out of this dark, the darkness. But having experienced that darkness, it's really difficult to look for hope. Um, Sam was actually really good at trying to become close with the Savior hoping that that would help him. And some of his friends have even asked me, what good did that do for Sam? If he had this great testimony of Christ, look at where he is. Um, The more I've studied and read and learned about those who suffer with depressions and other mental illnesses, it's not that they are not. In fact, most of them are striving to find that comfort from Christ. The darkness just makes it very difficult to get there. But they they work really hard at wanting that peace and that comfort. It's it's hard to break through that, that darkness. And maybe that's not for everybody. I'm sure it's not. But I know for my Sam, it was. That he did. He tried to really hard break through. And he wanted that comfort and that peace and to feel better. He just couldn't see that there was hope. But there's always hope. We belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And back in 2013, Elder Holland, Jeffrey R. Holland, I'm hoping to be able to link this in the show notes, but he gave a talk, and I remember watching him give this talk, and I just broke out in tears. Because it was the first time anybody had really addressed depression and mental illness. And we hadn't even truly begun our journey with this. But I remember sitting there just crying, thinking somebody has finally talked about it. And in it, he talks about how there is always hope. There's hope in the Savior. There's hope in the atonement that we have to just not give up that we have to have hope. He says, "Um, trust in God, hold on to his love. Know that one day the dawn will break brightly. Broken minds can be healed just the way broken bones and broken hearts are healed. 
Um, and so I've always gone back to that talk. He also gave another talk just last month about hope and holding on to that hope and never giving up. I know those difficult days, if you're someone out there who struggles with depression or other illnesses, that there is, there's so much waiting for you, that your family needs you, that your siblings need you, that your parents need you, that your um, children need you, whoever you may be, your friends need you. Nobody can take your place. Nobody can fill your shoes. And the world is not better off without you. In fact, the world will miss you. And the world will be a little bit more empty without you here. And so you just have to hold on. You have to hold on to that hope that's out there. Continue to do things that bring the Savior and the Holy Ghost and light into your life, even though you may feel like it's not working right now, but to continue to do that. And He will. He will gently heal your heart and your mind and give you that hope for the future and hope for things to be better, that you may see the importance of your life and the things that you are here to do and the people's lives that you are here to touch. And for those who are there watching a loved one suffer and wondering how and what you can do, this story may not seem like it goes along with this thought of hope, but um, a few years ago, I guess it's been probably eight to ten years ago, we as a family hiked Havasupai, and I am not a hiker at all. I don't enjoy it. It's not my thing. But we are doing it for my oldest son. That's what he wanted to do before he left on his mission. I had not prepared for the hike, and I was miserable and out of shape. So we had spent our few days down there, which is amazing and beautiful, and I can't describe the beauty of it, and I'm glad that I experienced that. But on the way out, the road back is is awful, and it was long. And my kids, we had decided since the coming down part, carrying packs was so miserable that we ended up paying for the packs to all go out on mules. So we weren't carrying packs out, but it was just still so long and hard. And But my kids were having a much easier time, and so they pretty much just ran. And it's a good eight to ten miles. Um, And the last mile and a half or two miles is switchback straight up. So they had all run ahead. They were in the car watching a movie while they were waiting for me, and Brian was right beside me. And it was to the point where going up the switchbacks, I would count, and Brian would count right by me. And in between the cuss words, I would count to 10, 10 steps, and then have to stop. Now, some of you hikers out there, I know you can laugh at me, and that's fine. That's just not my thing, and I should have prepared. But we would count the 10 steps, and then I would stop to catch my breath. And each time, Brian was right beside me, counting. And of course, I cussed him out lots of times. Sam would have been actually so proud how mad I was and the words I was saying. But Brian stayed with me and he slowly helped me get up that switchback. 
And he never left me, even through the most difficult and as long as it took time. He stayed right by me, just knowing he was right there. Toward the end of it, and I don't, I couldn't even tell you what the distance was, but at, toward the end of it, when my kids could see me from up top coming up, they went and they got me a Diet Coke. There was a, a stand up there that was selling cold drinks. And I am a humongous Diet Coke drinker. And they went and they got that and the older boys ran it down to me. And I can still picture them coming down to meet me and greet me and say, come on, mom, you got it. You can go. You can do this. It's almost over. There's, you're almost at the top. And maybe this story doesn't seem to fit with anything. But to me, it was just knowing my kids were there, cheering me on, saying, come on, you got this. It's, there is an end. It's almost over. The difficulty is almost over. And Brian being right by my side through walking up. And I think that that's a lot of how we have to help those who are struggling, is to be right by their side, to be there saying, you got this. Little steps, little things, keep going. You're almost there. There is going to be light again. There is going to be that morning that you wake up. And the clouds will be gone, the darkness will be less, that the sun will be shining, the sky will be blue, and you can find that hope again, and that feeling. And to just have, be there, be there for those who are suffering, and be that hope for them that they might be lacking at that time. I'm so grateful for the image of the day after, because I've looked back on that many times and remembered that feeling of, okay, we can do this. Somehow we can do this together as a family and with Christ, that there will be hope that my kids will be able to find happiness in their life, that they'll be able to enjoy their life even without Sam, but know that Sam is watching over us. Our bishop that had worked a lot with Sam, who had also had his own struggles, has a quote that he would often tell the kids, no matter how you feel, get up, dress up, show up, and never give up. Never give up. Hold on to that hope that the blue sky will come, the clouds will go away, the darkness will fade, that you will feel that peace again. Hold on to that hope that is out there. Until next time, remember to fight hard and love much.